0: You're listening to I Swear I'm Real, the podcast about the truth of the transgender and or non-cisgender experience. I'm your host, Alex Vaughn, and I use they-them pronouns. When I was 40, I got the language that being non-binary felt true to me. And shortly after, I came to discover that I'm also transgender. My queerness saved my life. Imploded my life, really. Because I realized the life I had wasn't the one I wanted and I understood at the core level that we are all meant to transform. Being queer is authentic, and authenticity is bigger than love. Love leads you to authenticity, which will stand alone by design. It'll blow out doors and windows. Our external world drastically shifts once you have enough courage to journey your internal world. In in other words, reflect on where you've been Decide for yourself how you want to transmute those experiences into making you and your world a better place. Coming out allowed me to gain a lot of perspective and self-awareness, and most importantly, empathy for witnessing myself and others. I saw the ugly in myself, and then tended to it through healing practices I learned from the holistic psychologist, Dr. Nicole Lapera. What I saw that was that being trans was not anything ugly at all it was denying myself of that dr lepera's work shows us that we all have the power to heal ourselves and we're actually the only ones who can do it at the same time we can't compare our process to anyone else the comparison will kill the joy and becoming can't happen I want to clarify as you listen to these stories that not all transgender people are non-binary and not all non-binary people are transgender being trans is an umbrella based on heteronormative practices the answer we are all expected to have is since you're not one thing you must be another this is where non-cisgender comes into play not all people experience themselves as cisgender or even transgender but that doesn't make them less real If you say you love all people, then deny that trans people exist. That's not love. That's sitting quietly in a dark room by yourself, asking the walls to make you a milkshake. How ridiculous, boring, and lonely. If you're going to say you love a trans child or a trans person while they were standing in front of you and then tell them they can only get access to care, change their name, receive gender-affirming surgery, to name a few things, when you're comfortable, that's not love that's transphobia which is controlling another person which is domestic abuse so it'll be up to you to widen your perspective open your mind's eye we are energy inhabiting bodies so our bodies are the vehicle of how we experience the world some of us have energy that comes with being trans being non-binary being not cisgender our bodies are meant to evolve so our body is the body we got you have to do the best you can with the body that brought you in to this world including the things that affirm who we know ourselves to be on the inside we live in a heteronormative world how we got here is another podcast find 1619 or pod save the people but it's a product of white dominant culture meaning we were conditioned after we stole the land from the natives for our society to live and align with this experience, even when it's not them. The message from birth is that you are to be cisgender, meaning your sex is based on your body parts and they that aligns with how you feel on the inside and heterosexual. Okay, so picture gender reveal parties and preschool little, a preschool age little Ethan and little Bella are gonna get married. How cute, except when it's not. When none of those things you've been told, cisgender, heterosexual, feel true, as in the stories you'll hear here. Gender reveal parties aren't cute. (laughs) What they are is genitalia reveal parties. which Which, if you think of it as an adult, would you want someone opening up your pants to a bunch of strangers saying, Look, a penis, a vulva. So what if you're intersex? Yet we do it to kids all the time. This is harmful to everyone's well being, including the cisgender white straight men who are at the c- center of power and privilege. Here's what this podcast reveals balls of magic the truth in you, meaning you have the strength, the courage to hear someone else's experience and believe them because we're not them. So who are we to doubt who they say they are? Life will be stranger than fiction to anyone who has not dared to live you have to learn how to listen without worrying about what their truth will do to you in my experience every time i've told my truth it has been a litmus test for anyone around me they can behave in ways that show how much inner work they've done and how open they are to different kinds of people including their own children so enjoy this podcast if you dare to know what it means to be honest in transgender, I'm giving a huge shout out to one of our sponsors over at OutFront Magazine, Maggie Addison. Hey! OutFront Magazine in Denver, Colorado was founded in 1976 by Phil Price, and since then no other queer media has served the LGBTQIA community with such dedication. So, dear listeners, go over to outfrontmagazine.com, hit the donate button, subscribe to the magazine, and continue to uplift, empower, and brighten the future for LGBTQ community through queer media. We'd like to give a shout-out to our podcast sponsor, co for kids which is Colorado's campaign to raise awareness of the need for foster and adoptive families in Colorado. Foster parents are amazing. They provide safety, stability and care to kids while their parents take time to learn new skills and address safety concerns. Hey, did you know Colorado needs more foster parents from every community, including the LGBTQ plus community, because they should reflect the diversity of our state. LGBTQ plus young people are overrepresented within foster care and need affirming families that provide them with the freedom to express who they are. A foster parent can be anyone 21 or older who is ready to make a difference in the life of a child or youth. All people are welcome. Learn more about becoming a foster parent at co 4 That's C-O, the number four, K-I-D-S dot org. Welcome back, truth tellers and dirt diggers to another episode of I Swear I'm Real, the podcast where we discuss the truth of the transgender experience. Today we have Frank. Frank is a late-in-lifer trans man. He came out at 36, and he's going to be um, 40 this year. And his best friend always told him that his life should be a book, so he figured, why not tell his story? And he was actually one of the first people to reach out on, on TikTok to um to tell his story. And I'm this is I'm super excited. So his one of his goals and objectives is maybe that someone else will hear his story and kind of um, help connect some pieces for for them as well. And he describes himself as just a big nerd with a super complicated family history. And I use that we both use that word with a lot of love. All right, Frank, I'm just going to hand the mic over to you. Are you ready?
1: Yeah, let's let's do it so
0: thank you for being here
1: yeah no thanks thanks for having me I mean uh yeah like I said um my 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 friend has been uh kind of bugging me to, to maybe write a book or something about my story but <laughs> I, mean, I growing up I didn't think it was that complicated but you know now looking back I'm like oh my god that' kind of crazy um I mean a uh, child of the eighties right um Born in South Florida, so yay for me. Florida. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Great times. <laughs> uh didn't stay there for too long. Uh mom, dad got divorced when I was super young. Um, and then moved to the West, West Coast, um, kind of hopped around there for a while. Mom got remarried, dad got remarried. Um, around that time, I was definitely realizing that like I knew that I didn't have the same parts that boys did mm-hmm. right and I was like I didn't know that you could change that like you're like the damn it <laughs> you like the 80s I was like damn it this is just so I figured you know as a kid I was like all right puberty starts at 13 like like that that for whatever reason I just thought that's when it started so I had it until 13 to enjoy this androgynous body and and i knew that after that that was it that was when the game was going to be over i just had to accept it because i just didn't think there was anything other than that like super conservative household that i grew up in catholic at the time Mm -hmm. so like i we i didn't even know that gay people were even like a real thing like it just it wasn't like talked about or anything so you know here i am ignorant to life right um, I'd always been attracted to women, but I just felt that everyone felt that way about women. I mean, they were gorgeous and amazing. And, you know, that just never struck me as a guy. I was just seeing guys were just like, all right, okay, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> but you're I never, there. I never, yeah, I just <laughs> never connected the dots, right? So um, that didn't come, I didn't come out that a lot later, but I moved around a lot as a kid. Um, my parents insisted on living on opposite ends of the country. Mm. Um, there was a really really ugly custody battle um i had a lot of i have a lot of half siblings my parents got divorced and remarried again and again okay so like you know dad's on wife number four and mom's on husband number three and and all kids from all those marriages and i've just kind of shuffled around and moved around to all these different homes and stuff and even lived in south america for a while um But uh, yeah, just got kind of pushed around and tossed around a lot and kind of felt a lot like, you know, the eternal step kid didn't have step parents that were really great with me um, and my parents didn't really stand up for me. And uh, then there's that whole really religious thing, right? Because my mom ended up like converting to like the, the really scary Christian, you know, the really fundamentalist lay your hands on them and then they fall backwards you know okay fun stuff speaking in tongues you know yeah all fun stuff <laughs> so i definitely wasn't exposed to anything gay then at that point i was drinking the kool-aid i was like gay people are bad you know yeah that's what you're told you're told <laughs> yeah. you know that gay people are these horrible people you don't want to you don't know, want to be around them and so i didn't identify with that because i was like i'm a good person like mm. i don't you know i don't want to do things to people i don't want to assault people so i just I didn't put two and two together, you know, and this was in high school.
0: So that know? story of like, I'm a good person, which means I'm not gay. Start- right. Yeah.
1: Right. And, and that whole experience of, of me feeling like I wanted to be a little boy, like that got drowned out with all the shit that was going on in my life. Like I was just so focused on surviving mm-hmm. that once puberty hit, I mean, yeah, it was, it was, I mean, it was. Oh, kitty. I got one too. <laughs> mine's <laughs> the problem. <right> <laughs> <now>. <laughs> mine's uh mine's downstairs, but, um, no, I just, uh, once I hit puberty, I was just distraught. Right. I was binding super early, mm. um, but I just accepted it as, this is just what it is. It sucks, but it is what it is. Um, and I had kind of like left that out of the equation, and then as I'm getting older, I'm noticing that I'm like being attracted to women, but I'm not attracted to men. So I feel like I just need to try harder to be attracted to men, and that yeah. didn't that didn't go over very well. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> like this isn't working uh, for me. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is not working. Uh, like I I really did give it the good old college try. Um, by by the third, my third boyfriend. Uh, we were intimate at the time and I became physically ill and I felt so bad because he was a nice guy. He was a nice guy. And he, he you know, he was nice about it. He was like, Oh my God, are you okay? And I was like, I'm just really gay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm really sorry. I'm just really just, it's not you. It's me. <laughs> I'm just not into this. Right. Um. So then I went down that path for a while and, you know, it came out to mom that did not go over well. Um, you know, we kind of disconnected for a while. Uh,
0: How old were you at that point?
1: Uh, God, I, that was after college. So okay. I was I was probably early 20s, something okay. like that, when I, when I first came out. And then when she found out I was in my mid-20s, because I knew it was going to be bad. So I just, I saved her to the end. Everyone else knew she was the only one who didn't know and then uh when i did tell her it didn't didn't go over well uh so <laughs> yeah as as it does um afraid from my eternal soul all that good stuff right yeah um uh but uh you know i got told then, i don't
0: oh sorry go ahead oh no go ahead no no go i ahead, was go just going to interject yeah i got told um the well intended i don't want you to have a hard life
1: yeah. Oh, and, well, that was that. And the yeah. crazy part is, is that wasn't even part of it because she, in her mind, the hard life was was God telling me that that wasn't my way, that that wasn't the way to be. Okay.
0: Okay. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Super. Yeah. Super, Lots super of layers funny, there. Right? Okay. Keep going. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. So um, uh, parents are Trump supporters. Super cool. Uh, the rest of my family, surprisingly really great like my grandma who i help take care of who who i live with uh she's she's fine with it i mean every once in a while she forgets the pronouns but she's in her 80s i get it yeah. you know um but yeah i just and then as i'm getting older i'm finding out more and more things about my parents and like um and now they're becoming more and more you know bold with their political feelings and and leanings and and you know what that means and and uh you know even to this day my mom is like oh you know i hope that one day it's it's all gonna be you're just gonna be back to what you were before and you're just gonna marry a man and that's really that's like that's that's seriously where her brain is like that's what she prays for so uh, yeah it's it's been an interesting time but uh we yeah exactly and <laughs> it's like some things are just not gonna go back <laughs> some things are not gonna grow back right? yeah so, um and uh just recently i got into a, a kind of a, a kind of a big spat with my dad about a year ago and we haven't really spoken since then and you know being the narcissist that he is you know he gets other family members to try and talk to me instead of him talking to me yeah um
0: the flying monkeys.
1: Right. Exactly. I know that that like that's send, send the hordes out to well, take care of my problems. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: So, um, and then my mom, of course he, that's one of the people that he sent after me. And, uh, you know, she dropped a bomb on me. Um, and this was over Christmas, my view, she's all uh, like, uh, you know, you should forgive your father. Uh, because, you know, uh, back when they got divorced because they got divorced and my, cause my mom was unfaithful. Um, she uh, let me know this, this I that this out recently that uh the his reaction uh to her cheating was uh him putting a loaded gun in her mouth so i didn't know this until just recently and he's like she's like i forgave him and i'm like
0: oh wow he had my-
1: a gun and he had he had he was a gun owner after that he had a gun in the house all throughout my childhood and he knew he was capable of getting to that point.
0: The normalization of of abuse.
1: Yeah, and yeah. It's it's uh, it was shocking, and so now, now I'm really now, now I'm like, what? I think that that information doesn't help the situation in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Um, and fa- and she didn't even use that against him in custody battles. Like mm-hmm. I, it was yeah. Just a lot of a lot of fun stuff in my childhood that I'm just learning more and more as I'm going as an adult. And it's not making the situation any better as I'm going through life.
0: No, but- I think it's just so indicative and so demon I'm gonna say this word wrong. Demonstrative. Demonstrative. Yeah, no, that's no demonstrative. demonstrative? No, that, that there was, we go. Yeah, was, um, yeah. You know, I use big words. Um, <laughs> of like how I I I view I think that trans people were um were truth tellers in a different way, and so we have to get to a certain level of of self awareness to to be able to see ourselves, and oh, then and then we're in we're we're dropped so to speak into these really unhealed families and end up becoming cycle breakers and you know the the generational trauma breakers and it's like emotionally brutal work and while everyone is pointing a finger at you saying this is all your fault and you're like yeah i'm actually just trying to be myself and 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 spread some love and y'all are still committed to your hate so good luck with that
1: oh yeah no it's 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 incredible because i mean it's it's indicative of the narcissism that some of we that some of us deal with in terms of our parents is just yeah. the fact that your stand the minute that you start standing up for yourself and the minute that you start standing in who you are and being, no, this is who I am, not not who you're telling me I'm supposed to be, and some vision that you had for my life. No, this is who I am, and this these are my boundaries, and mm-hmm. I'm going to ask for respect. And you you don't just get respect; you have to earn that for me. And that in of itself is is too much. That you know, I'm being I'm being too much. You know, I'm all of a sudden being very uh, aggressive and it must be the testosterone.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Any like, chance that they can yeah, point I'm the finger like, back at us.
1: I'm like, you don't understand how much I sob at every Sarah McLaughlin commercial that comes across <laughs> the television. You're going to call me aggressive. <laughs> like, like I, I don't even, I, I like, okay. We have a gopher. We have many gophers in the backyard. Um, one of which ended up getting drowned out of his little hole, and my aunt comes into the house screaming. Yeah. Oh, blue gopher. I had saved the gopher put him in a little towel, saved him, rubbed him, he's all nice and warmy, and put him back in another hole somewhere else. Like this is this is I'm I'm the aggressive one. Like yeah, it, it doesn't it uh, anyway. It's obviously it's a uh, it couldn't be me. It has to be you. Kind of a situation. Yeah. So
0: challenging their beliefs about what it means to be alive
1: oh yeah and and you know it, it bothers them because I, I did the whole church thing right I was a Sunday school teacher I, I did seminary for a year after high school
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then I deconstructed because I went to college okay I actually learned stuff yeah and met people and met gay people who weren't like monsters with <laughs> horns on their heads and like forked <laughs> tongues and tails it's like it was amazing I was like and then I start hearing their stories, and I'm like, "Sounds very familiar." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, "Okay, all right." And it didn't take me long to be like, "All right, this is it, it's crazy how you're so sheltered." In the minute that you get out of that, you're like a whole new world, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. It's just, it, it's like the blinders just, whoop, just come off your eyes, and it's just. I was going through several existential crises when I was going through college. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: so go back to the part. If you, if you, if you are okay with this, go back to the parts. So you came out to mom. This mm-hmm. was post a little bit post college mm-hmm. and um, kind of veer us in the direction of like where your gender and all of that stuff. Oh, sure. To, to so come up.
1: that, that was, it, it was a big jump in between. And I didn't, I think the reason why I didn't recognize that I was trans, and this is one of the reasons why I wanted to get onto this podcast, was because the stories that I heard of trans people. Now, this was in the early two thousands. Okay, but the stories that I did come across were um, of a lot of self harm, um, a lot of like you know trying to commit suicide, and and it it I didn't ever have those feelings, so I didn't think. That because it was severe enough to that mm. point that I was trans, that maybe I was just mask, you know, maybe I was just a butch, right? So oh. I just I just dressed more masculine and thought, well, maybe maybe this is just going to scratch the itch and I'll be okay, right? And I just and I started veering in that direction, and I realized that I started leaning on my relationships to give me um, that sense of euphoria because my partners could recognize that I was, you know, really trying to, you know, exude that masculine energy. Yeah. But that I was frustrated because I mean, I had a very feminine shape. I had a very, um, that I had, Big chesticles, thank God. They're yeah. gone. <laughs> it's weird how butches get blessed with these massive. Azundas. It's almost like a cosmic curse. I'm like, why? <laughs> right.
0: I like boobs, but not on me. Thank you. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's
1: like they look great if they were just. There. Um but yeah, so and and I struggled a lot with that. And and I, I realized that I was leaning on my relationships to give me that sense of of you know, gender euphoria. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it wasn't until I got out of a relationship in, in, or I got into a relationship in 2019 when my partner at the time had already been with a trans person. And so she really recognized what I was going through. Yeah. And she was the first person who actually asked me, she was like, How would you feel if I used different pronouns or if I, you know, used, different adjectives when describing you instead of beautiful say handsome and i was like i've never had someone ask me that before and i was like very much (laughs) i was like sure let's give it a try and the crazy thing is is that it didn't feel wrong it felt more good than than it would feel awkward i thought it would feel awkward at first but it it didn't it felt it felt really good Mm -hmm. And the thing that really, and I, this is going to sound crazy, but the thing that really kind of kicked it into high gear for me was there was there's, there's that Snapchat filter, right, that makes you look like the opposite gender, but like your twin. Yeah. And I tried that, and I was like, there I am. Oh. And I just started crying. I started bawling. I was like, this was what I've always wanted to look in the mirror and look like. And I could never put it to words, and I could never – put it to my imagination. And then here it was, it's just this technology and fucking Snapchat and it's just like (laughs) blowing my goddamn mind. And, and it was from there that I was like, okay, I can't, I can't ignore this anymore. And, and then I was just started going down that path and it, you know, started HRT in 2022 or 2020 uh, top surgery year after that. And, uh, yeah, I'm almost four years starting in like November, September ish. So yeah, um, it's fucking awesome. I feel great. (laughs) (laughs) And like the minute after top surgery, I was like, I hadn't realized how uncomfortable I was until they were gone. Yeah. And then I was like, holy shit. Like I had no idea that I was carrying around this much discomfort in my body until it was gone it was yeah. just it was the most bizarre feeling that i could describe it,
0: yeah i mean talk about like another uh, um confession of how you're we create we you just trust the knowingness and then you you make the decisions to and and the and the need for gender affirming care including surgeries and like cuz um i just i just understand that because like when i started to Testosterone. I was terrified. I'm like, what's what's my body gonna do? You know, do with this. Yeah, and it exactly. was just after that first shot. I was like, uh huh, yep, yep, not never turning back.
1: Yeah, it was this wave of relief. It's so hard yeah. to describe. It was just the minute that. Well, first of all, I I I'm not I'm not like terrified of needles, but who's 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 a fan necessarily, right? Yeah, but you know, and I I was like kind of holding my breath for the shot, and then it went in, and I was like, okay. I wasn't bad. And then she pushes the plunger and then she's like, okay, we're done. And I was like, "Ah." I was like, and then (laughs) it was just this, this feeling I can't, and it's not like, and you know, it's not the testosterone kicking in because it takes way longer than that to actually do anything. Yeah. But the feeling of taking that first definitive step in that direction and saying, no, this is who I am. And I'm actually fucking doing it. Like, it was, it was,
0: was it like it was your, amazing. your, was it like your soul was exhaling as your yeah. body was witnessing? Yeah.
1: It was, it was, it was like this stress and this balled up tension that I'd been carrying around for so long just kind of went like this a little bit. And then once I got my top surgery, I was like,
2: huh, like
1: <laughs> this is, this yeah. is amazing. Like I couldn't wait to like put a shirt on. This just, just put a shirt on. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. it was, yeah, and even to this day, I'm I'm always catching myself looking profile, like my belly sticks out more than my top does. Like-
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, listeners, real quick, on a side note, so Frank had his um, his fists in a clenched, with the shoulders up in his ears, and then he just dropped everything and opened his hands. That's that's what the, this was. So, just from a oh, visual yeah. perspective, I'm I'm just describing to them to the listeners what it what it looked like. Okay, keep so keep going.
1: <laughs> so and yeah and just uh as as you go along here you know you go through that whole puberty phase and luckily for me this was all like in 22 2021 when mm-hmm. like everyone was wearing masks so I could get a I could get away with having that you know weird little duck fuzz that's not yeah. quite a beard not quite anything and I still had you know I still had breasts at the time so mm-hmm. you know it was it I didn't want to have to walk around with I just I didn't want to attract that kind of attention to myself. And yeah, I live in a state that yeah, I don't have to worry about that kind of stuff, but you never know with people, right? And mm-hmm. and growing up in in a kind of environment where I had to be hyper vigilant of all the feelings of people around me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um it just gets exhausting when you're out in public and you feel like you stick out like a sore thumb. You just don't feel safe. At least, at least for me anyway. Yeah. Um I like to to blend in. That's that's my happy space. Um and I've and I've actually since transitioning and since i've you know had top surgery and since i you know i have more facial hair and i feel more comfortable with myself and how i present i feel myself taking up more space not in a way that you know in, you know encroaches on other people but just fully coming into my own space mm-hmm. and just being fully me and just stepping into myself instead of kind of walking around kind of hunched over and kind of just kind of going from you know corner to corner just kind of not trying to raise any alarms or you know raise any any you know clues of where I am I just now I'm like I am here I am in this space and I am present and it's uh it's 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 a wonderful feeling but that that first beginning I was safe from the mask which was nice um but yeah, as as I you know, as all of us just look in the mirror for that one little new hair, you're like, "Oh, hello, friend." You're just <laughs> like, "Welcome to the party, right?" Yeah. Uh, although I do have to say, I'm, I get the occasional shoulders now on the shoulders. And I'm like, "You are not invited, sir. Not, <laughs> no." Can you please kindly relocate yourself to here? That'd be great. Through the
0: face. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm still kind of patchy. It's getting there. I know it takes a while to fill in. You know, but everyone's impatient.
0: Yeah. But. So one of the things, um, so Paula Stone Williams is a, is a well-known um, Ted talk speaker and also uh, a, tr- a trans woman who was in the religious, who, who who's a pastor. Um, but she talks about being able, living in white male space and then living in white, You know, the the differences of it's in terms of power and privilege, how we show up. So what kinds of things did you experience like in that realm of in within your transition?
1: I kind of half expected there to be some change, but I was absolutely blown away at the amount of change. I work in a male dominated industry. Okay. There are very few women who work in this industry. And I was working in the field presenting as female and a butch one at that. Mm-hmm. And like, I used to call myself a, a thousand footer because you could tell from a thousand feet away that I that was a oh, lesbian. Oh. Like, you could tell. like, I was like <laughs> okay. Oh, there's, one. there's one right there. Oh. Like, very obvious. Right. So, Wait, sure. going, so from going from, from that um, to now, I mean, I remember being in meetings where I wasn't listened to. And I would say the same exact thing that my male counterparts would would talk about. Um, And uh, not being uh, respected right away on a job site, uh, having to really earn that respect, uh, being interrupted a lot over the phone, talking to, you know, folks that I have to work with, uh, customers, clients, that kind of stuff, to all of a sudden, the minute that my voice started to drop a couple octaves on the phone, it was like a switch like that it was it was I wasn't interrupted. I wasn't questioned as much for what I knew oh, and i wow. I granted I nothing had changed about me except for the the octaves of my voice and the and the hair on my face right and the lack of lack of anything on my chest but that, that, that other than that, nothing had changed and all of a sudden, I was just given respect instead yeah. of having to earn it and prove that I was um capable of being there and to prove that I was, you know, worthy of being in this position. Now it's just like, Oh yeah, no problem, man. Cool, dude. I'll talk to you later. Yes, sir. No problem. And it's just like that I was never just granted that level of respect before. I always had to fight tooth and nail to get that. And it kind of made me mad, honestly. It made me, it made me upset. And I became even more of a feminist than I was before. Because I'm just like this is insane. It 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 yeah. just it blew me away. It blew me yeah.
0: away. Yeah, I mean it's it's like you know unless you're you're openly trans, like someone knows you're trans, you you live smack dab in the middle of the power and privilege wheel. Yeah, yeah, and it's just like it's, he, he, here you go, the world is yours. What do you want? Yeah, take it all.
1: And and the most interesting thing is is that I'll. I'll meet up because it's it's a small world. It's a very niche kind of industry, um, and so I'll meet up with people that I'd worked on in previous projects, you know, a decade ago, you know. And they'll be looking at me like you look familiar. They can't oh. place me, and I don't I don't say you know who. Or I, I try not to out myself because I don't really know where they stand necessarily. Okay, um, but I'll be like, oh yeah, I remember you from so and such project. No, they will middle like yeah yeah that's the project but they still can't quite place me Mm -hmm. um so that's that that's that's been a fun little experiment um but yeah it's no go ahead
0: oh no sorry i'm just i'm just you're you're a fascinating person i just keep i just want to ask you all these questions (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
1: but the other the other part that's fun because i i am very white presenting but I'm, i'm not i'm actually my whole family is from south america so the fun thing that I've always liked to do is when I first get onto a job site is I'll just, I just won't speak any Spanish. I okay. won't speak anything at all. I'll just kind of hang out and wait and hang back because especially when I was presenting as female, that was a great way for me to find out like who was really who on the job site,
2: mm-hmm. like who was
1: the safe person and who wasn't. And then like a couple days into the being at the job site, then I'll start responding back in Spanish. Then they're like, then they're, the look on their face goes from, oh, and to
2: oh shit
1: it's like it's like yeah yeah motherfucker i know i know exactly what you were saying asshole what now
0: huh (laughs) (laughs) oh those moments are rather fun
1: (laughs) oh no they're they're great and you got to be able to throw it back at them because um because otherwise it's 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 just it's just no fun because that's that's i mean especially on a construction site you just that's stuff that you just got to be able to you got to be quick otherwise they'll kind of walk all over you yeah um but uh yeah i mean there there were times when i was a little worried um but now i j- walk on a job site and i don't i don't have any problems at all with anybody everyone just just treats me like a human surprisingly
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like <laughs> tell tell is there a story you could tell about like the dynamics of being in a room with a bunch of other trying to like you know because obviously we can't assume anyone's gender but from the presentation expression perspective you know all men and and the things that um because i think i think and someone else on the podcast was was also mentioning this how that men's from a society perspective are are conditioned to not feel and to not um you know express themselves in a kind of like in a, in a healthy way. And so that's hurting them too. Um, is there a time you can recall or a situation you've been in where, where you've heard something and you've had to been, you know, say something or like you, you said that you're still a, a feminist and, and how those dynamics are have changed for you?
1: Sure. Um, so good example. We had a project that we were working um, on a beach. In Southern California during the daytime. So you can imagine the, mm. the, you know, just people just out, just exercising, just wearing exercise clothes, yeah, exercising, just minding their own business. And then I've got a bunch of guys that I'm watching and I have to remind them of a three second rule constantly. I'll even count one, 1,000, two, 1,000, three, 1,000, turn around, stop looking,
0: stop mm. So yeah.
1: it was, it was, yeah. And I felt like because I, <laughs> I was the only female presenting person on the job site that I was like the only person that could kind of keep these guys in line at times. Oh, um, and you know, they, they all, they'd always, and half the time, I don't even know if they were just bragging just for bragging rights or if it was really real, but all of them had a side piece and mm. talking about this and bragging about that. And this girl that walked by and that girl that walked by and I'd have to be like, guys, cut it out. Stop. Stop. <laughs> it was, yeah. it, it was, it was, um it was pretty constant. And even, and it's funny because as a female presenting person at the time, I, you know, I'd get the, you know, roll your eyes, you know, kind of a thing. Uh, but now, now when I say stuff like that, I'm actually kind of like they're like, Oh, like they actually feel a little bit of shame, at least that I can see it anyway. not all of them, but you know, a good majority I'd be like, Bro, like that's you have a kid, you have a daughter. Stop it. Yeah.
0: Well, and it's the power of the patriarchy. Like, yeah. one man is telling another man, "Hey, that's not cool to, to dehumanize mm-hmm. women or anybody." Like, it's unfortunate that that's kind of like it. What it takes for some people to be like, "Oh, well, you're a man and I'm a man too, and and you're actually telling me that I can't do that." Oh, okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, another another good well, this is a good example um my coworker doesn't know that I'm trans only because i've I've heard his political views and I'd rather not sully the business relationship just because i I like the job i mean it's it's a job that pays me pretty well I, yeah. I want to keep it um, and uh you know he he comes to me and talks about stuff that he has even told me that he doesn't really talk to his buddies about cause it's not something that he can really, you know, and I'm, and I haven't really told him anything. I just, you know, I just sit there and I just listen to him and I, you know, I encourage him and, you know, he talks to me about, you know, the stuff he's going on with his family and his kid and, you know, and it's, I can tell that he doesn't have a guy that he can just talk to about this stuff. And it, yeah. and it, and it sucks because, you know, even, even as I've transitioned, I've noticed that my friend group has sort of shrunken in itself a little bit Yeah, because, you know, those spaces that I used to find so much comfort in, those are sacred spaces. And those are, you know, for, for, you know, women and lesbians who feel a certain way. And, you know, and I, I understand that. So it's, it's like a hard, it's a hard thing to navigate where it's like, I know I'm not one of those guys, but they don't know that. Mm-hmm. And I can't just you know, just go into those spaces like I used to because it's not, not necessarily for me. And I need, I need to, and that was that, that took me a long time to kind of, you know, get used to, I guess. And I'm still kind of trying to find a new community of of brothers of trans brothers. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not that, you know, we need our own space, but it's, it's recognizing that, you know, that space is sacred and yeah I, I don't want to impose at all and i don't feel like a lot of women necessarily would feel that way but you know you just see me walking into a lesbian bar you're like oh great what is this guy doing here you know what you i mean it's to- like, i have to I have to put trans like on my shirt <laughs> <you know? laughs> it's okay it's okay guys it's-, it's all right i'm 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 one of you i'm the t i'm it's okay
0: <laughs> you know i'm the the t and the lgbt yeah yeah Oh yeah. my goodness. Yeah.
1: So it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's one of those things. I'm just, I'm, I'm still trying to navigate. I'm still trying to figure out how to how to go about all that. Cause we're, we're, we're not like everywhere. I mean, we are everywhere, but we're kind of also hard to find. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, based on the state of the country, it's kind of um, makes For sense. Why people yeah. are. Yeah. Um, Okay. So you mentioned, and obviously you don't have to tell us what state you're in, but like what, what corner of the country are you in? You said Southwest. You're... Okay. Um, so where, where are things now for you? Um, uh, what's um, life like right now?
1: I, I, I work a lot. I take care of my grandmother. Um. So my, my grandma is 86, going to be 87 and bless her heart. She's, she's a tough old bird. I'll tell you what she's, three hip replacements and a a knee replacement she's still going strong like she's got a little walker yep she's definitely kind of hunched over but she gets around um but uh you know my aunt travels a lot for work and i i travel a lot for work so we'll swap traveling so that someone's always home with grandma because we work from home so it, it it helps um and so i take care of her um i've got my my dog and my cat and got like family that live in the same neighborhood. And it's mostly like my mom's family that I'm around, aunts, uncles, that kind of thing. Um, uh, but yeah, I'm not really dating just because I don't really, ever since I've transitioned, I don't feel the need to have a relationship to validate my masculinity anymore. So now I don't feel like the need to like be in a relationship and I'm perfectly happy and content just being with myself. And, yeah. you know, just it's just, you know, uh, and maybe this is probably just trauma response, but I, I have a hard time developing healthy relationships, um, a lot of abandonment issues, that kind of stuff. So I've noticed that when I get into a relationship and I'm living with someone, I kind of lose myself in the relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, start start prioritizing my partner over all of my needs and it's not necessarily their fault it was definitely something that i'm doing not something that they're you know requiring of me or anything um but i'm gonna try something different first you know being single for a while right and then uh if i ever do get into another relationship i'm gonna try the whole living apart but being together because i want to try and maintain my individuality as much as i can yeah see if that helps uh, yeah. But I am going, I am, I do, you know, I'm in therapy and, uh, you know, I have good friends and we go to Disneyland, <laughs> 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 um, but, uh, yeah, just, just, uh, just existing right now and not, and not moving around all the time. It's been, it's, it's kind of nice.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, you said you're just existing, but you're healing. You're oh, like yeah. really yeah. intentionally doing like, you're, spe- you're being with yourself, which I think sometimes people really underestimate the power of. Just be with yourself, and mm-hmm. you, then that in, helps inform how you interact with other people. Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm trying Good to break that cycle. So, because I mean, my my dad, he couldn't be single for more than six months at a time. So, so I'm trying to I'm trying to break that. Yeah. Um. I've been single for like, I don't know, like I want to say three years now, and it feels great. It feels mm-hmm. Feels really good. I'm I'm really doing the work, and I'm working on myself. I'm 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 focusing on on taking care of myself. You know, people who suffer with depression and all that kind of stuff, we have a hard time. Just you know, just taking a shower on a regular basis. You know, mm-hmm. uh, so just intentionally, like skin care. You know, like uh, you know, just just intentionally, you know, doing stuff for myself to make myself feel. Better, and it, yeah. that's just that's just a concept that I just never really um, embraced because it was always other people focus on somebody else, don't focus on yourself. Focus on somebody else, don't focus on yourself.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, talk about the layers of like you know, f- first of all, as being trans, your complete identity is totally dismissed, and so self care isn't even like a blip on the radar until you're like, I- I'm just trying to get to reassure myself that I'm actually here.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And, um, yeah. And I remember too, like when I, when I stepped into may kind of the word tra- transition for me, I feel like, you know, I've been in transition my whole life, but yeah. Yeah. those, right. But those physical pieces where I was like, okay, so, you know, haircut and clothing and hormone therapy and that kind of stuff and you the surgery. Um, but, just those really basic, like you're saying, self-care, like haircut day, you know, getting to do my shot, like all that stuff. It's so simple, but not.
1: Mm -hmm. Yep. Shot day is, is just treat day.
0: So I, you know,
1: I, I treat shot day as, you know, as, as a step, each, each, each shot is a step towards where I'm going. It's Mm -hmm. a little step in my journey. And so you know, I, I treat it as, as a whole ritual. I get everything ready. You know, I, I play some encouraging, uh, like, you know, like a YouTube thing. Like, you know, they have those, like those loops, so it's just encouraging stuff like speeches or whatever, like little blips of speeches. Just have that in the background, just pumping myself up, feeling good about myself. Yeah. Take my shot, you know, take a shower, you know, hair care, you know, trim my beard up, you know, just, just take care of myself. Maybe go out and get like a little treat for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny because my, my my best friend just recently started transitioning as well, and uh, it was uh, it was the day before shot day, and I was I was we were just talking on the phone, and I was like, oh, it's shot day tomorrow. Like I was really looking forward to it, and he misheard me, and he he heard shot day tomorrow, and he's like, how could you go to a shot day concert and not fucking invite me? So he was all upset about it, right? <laughs> so, so I was like, no, so no, no shot day. So now. Whenever shot day is is shot day, my my Amazon Alexa plays "Shot Day" for me. So she's like, "Yeah, I said it." So it's like "Shot Day," and it's like "Shot Day," and it's like I'm like, "Oh yeah, smooth operator." It's like, mm, mm, mm." is a god." (laughs) So yeah, I I make it a whole. I make it an event because it is a fucking event. It's been something that I've been waiting to do my whole goddamn life. Yeah. And um I'm going to I'm going to you know embrace the little boy that I denied for so long. Mm. And that's 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 my shot day is just, you know, me being a little kid again, I guess.
0: Yeah. Was there um <clears throat> did you have any like back and forth like what was your what were like the micro steps that you made along the way like like one person shared that he he came out, but then went back in, so to speak. And, mm-hmm. um, did you have any of those like m- kind of micro transition steps before you were like, you know, all the way pushing through the curtain, so to speak?
1: Sure. Um, yeah, actually, I think I watched that interview with Cody, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, Cody actually trained me for a little bit. Oh, Oh, awesome. Yay. Cody. Yeah. So yeah. Yay. Cody. Yeah. Everyone go, go, uh, go get trained by Cody. Yeah. Um, yeah I actually did. Uh, at first, it was just something that it was just that my my uh, my roommate knew and my girlfriend at the time knew, and some other friends. And um, you know, at first, it was like, yeah, let's try the whole pronoun thing. And then it got down town to like maybe change my name a little bit to something a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And I was like, And I think it was because I didn't find the right name. It just didn't feel right. And I was like, I don't know if this is right now, Mm -hmm. but that, that, that back and forth didn't last for too long. I'm, I'm someone who researches something to death, like to death. Yeah. So, so, (laughs) so if, if I've come to a decision, there's very few like backward steps I'm committed to that decision because, you know, I've done all, and I, I researched for at least a year and a half mm-hmm. of listening to people talk and reading the medical papers and, and reading WPATH and, um, you know, uh, doctors listening to them talk in the Ted talks and this and that, like I did as much, I grabbed as much information as I could. And I was just, yeah. <laughs> and I just wanted yeah. all of it. And at the end of it, I was like, "Okay, I have gathered everything. I have made my decision, and this is where I'm going to go." And it, that's 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 kind of just been my my path. And I've just um, and that's kind of how I approach most things in life. So yeah, <laughs> there wasn't there wasn't a lot of back and forth for me. Not really. Um, the The only thing that I was worried about was just how my parents were going to react. So that was the only thing that was really um, giving me grief. But other than that, um, I, at that point, I had become of the opinion that, um, and I saw a quote that just so embodies how I felt in that moment. It was, I will burn the bridge that I'm standing on just to prove to you that I can swim. Yep.
0: Wow. That's...
1: And that, that is how I felt in regards to my parents. But when I got to that point, I was like, yeah.
0: I think and talk about, I feel like that's what a lot of trans kids these days, um, like the gen, I heard there's going to be more, there's like one in four gen Zers are, are LGBTQ.
1: Well, that makes more sense. If you look at the Kinsey scale, most people lie in the middle anyway. Right. So, so
0: they're in there, all the, the talk about mental wellness and mental health, like it's just this, cause I'm Gen X and there's this less, the the line between be loyal to your family versus no, you're really harmful. They're mm-hmm. cutting that, uh, burning that bridge and being like, yeah, fuck off. I can swim. Bye. A lot exactly. sooner than than the, yeah. some of us who are older.
1: Right now, I'm I'm on that cusp. I'm an elder millennial. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Because I think the cutoff is like 83, and I'm 84. So okay. Yeah, but um, uh, yeah, it's it. It took me a long time because yeah, I was that oldest kid, right? Of divorced parents, so I was always the people pleaser. I was the one who kept the peace. I was the one who smoothed everything over. I was the one who was always bending over backwards to make sure that everyone was okay. everything was taken care of you're you're the...
0: parentified,
1: yeah, absolutely yeah. i I was the built-in babysitter from like age seven. Mm-hmm. like I took care of all of my siblings, yeah, um, and uh, I even had to take care of my parents on a lot of different occasions because, you know, they were falling apart emotionally or just you know, they were they were first-time parents you're I, the first kids usually like what is it it's like the burnt pancake the first pancake that you put in the stove it just gets burnt because you're just figuring out the stove oh my how hot God. it is and that's yeah. how it feels like you know because oh. by the time you get down to the last kid like they they're good they got it they know this whole parenting cake but you know that first one you're just like mm. it's a little misshapen i kind of flipped it a little too early whoops you know <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> a little burnt and but um yeah, that was very much the feeling growing up. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> so do you do you want to share about you me told us that your coming out gay wasn't great we're talking, were you, about the coming out as as trans?
1: That well, I so I had actually planned this whole thing. I was going to record a video um and send it to my parents separately cuz you know they live separately. Um, yeah. But um uh, there was like a family event at my aunt's house, and someone accidentally posted a picture of me in the background without wearing a mask on and My mm. mom was like, "What is going on over there mm-hmm. and that was the end of that so uh she was upset um, said that I had mutilated my body um, mm. that uh, um She's, yeah, just all the regular stuff, you know, fear for my mortal soul.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, um, you know, why would you, you know, to let these people do this to you and, you know, all this stuff, what are you talking about. And it's just, yeah, it, it was, it was, it was a whole thing. We didn't talk for a while because she didn't. And she still, she still can't manage a conversation with me and doesn't involve the Bible in some way. Okay. <clears throat> a birthday card, Bible verses, Christmas card, Bible verses, um and even though we've asked her to my brother and i because he's he's also an atheist um and he's he's fine with me he's he was he was like yeah okay you're my brother cool like he, he didn't <laughs> care all of my siblings have been fine with it
2: okay uh, good. well
1: except for the youngest because she's still living with my with my mom but yeah okay um but uh yeah we've both been like can you just please just just stop with the bible verses and just just talk to us like we're just like your kids, like we're humans. Just, just get to know us. Yeah. And she's like, oh yeah, sure, sure, no problem, I can do that. And it never changed. Um, she feels like it's 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 her duty, right, to to save our souls. And I I understand that because like I, I I I come from that church. I understand where she's coming from. Um, but she just uh, she chose a religion over over us, which sucks.
0: But. Mm-hmm
1: is what
0: it is unfortunately it's, it's like their religions the religion over the spirituality well it's sorry that's just how i saw it because i, no, I no, feel no, like it is transitioning it, is. it is. was so spiritual
1: yeah i mean i i mean I'm, I'm a bit of an atheist myself um but it in a spiritual sense i can see um in terms of coming into myself i mean sure i could i could describe that as a spiritual experience um in terms of getting to you know stand in who I am but with my mom it's a little bit deeper um she had some issues with 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 her dad you know she has she was she had a learning disability dyslexic and she's really really forgetful has a really hard time I think she might be ADD um and I wouldn't be surprised if she's bisexual um but uh she you know my grandfather wasn't that great with her you know Um, my father wasn't, didn't treat her very well. My step, my step, my first stepfather didn't treat her very well. Um, both my father and my first stepfather tricked her into losing custody of both of her kids, of Mm -hmm. me and my brother. And it wasn't until after that second divorce from, from that man and losing my brother that she really kind of got into the church and said, you know what, all of my decisions have not been good. So I'm just going to leave it all to God now. And so that's kind of, I think that's, I feel like that's where she's coming from where she can't trust herself to make decisions and what she thinks she should make Mm. or her. She doesn't trust her own intuition anymore Yeah, because she's, I know that she has called my aunt to say that she struggles a lot because She's worried that if she accepts me, that her soul will be damned to hell.
0: oh gosh, that's complicated,
1: yeah. so it's it's a lot. I try to have as much compassion for her as I can, but it's tough because she doesn't just listen <laughs> doesn't, yeah, just doesn't doesn't respect any boundaries, doesn't respect me. Um, there are times when we've gotten into arguments where She knows that she's saying things that upsets me and I can hear her smiling on this, on the other side of the phone. You know what I mean? Like you can hear when someone's smiling, when they talk Yep. and it's like, and I feel she, and I know that she feels like this is her showing love. This is her showing Christian love to me by showing me the error of my ways and trying to get me back. But it's not, I keep telling her that that's doing the complete opposite, but she doesn't listen to me. Yeah. So
0: I think this really touches on on a couple things like the heart of you know cuz you were mentioning narcissism earlier on that that at the, I think it, at, you know at the heart of it n- narcissistic abuse is conditioning someone else to not know themselves
1: mm-hmm.
0: and and how deeply and how difficult it is to get out of it Um, I have experienced it too, where that, that decision or whatever it is that happens in your life, you know, I, I told, I, I feel like being queer and being trans like saved me because it's magnificent, you know, it's authenticity, like in an energetic form that you can't ignore. Like it will, it's relentless just as much as, you know, abuse can be, but abuse is full of holes and, um, and authenticity being queer is this liberating. is just liberating. It's like, yeah, it's um <clears throat> infinite. It doesn't break. It just stands. It doesn't give a fuck who you are. It just, it just it stands is. in the room full of bullshit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it, you, you can ignore it as much as you want, but the more that you ignore it, the louder it gets. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> truthfully and I, I yeah and yeah like I even <laughs> we had a conversation with my mom when I came out as gay to her when I was like I'm attracted to women and one of the things was that she was said she's like um, uh, she's like well you know it's it's, it's it's your decision and I'm like my decision and I was like do you make a decision to be straight did you make a decision to like be attracted to your husband and she literally said yes and I was like I think you're bisexual mom like straight people don't have to make that decision Mm -hmm. like if you can make that decision I maybe you're not straight
0: yeah and that's okay
1: (laughs) yeah and that would be fine but just you know just understand that that's what that means it doesn't mean that I can make that decision Mm -hmm. right it's yeah that that when that one blew my mind. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, Hold on a second. This 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 explains a lot more now, Mom. Like now, this opens up a whole other level of craziness. But yeah, um she said that she experimented in high school, but then felt really guilty about it. I was like, uh. yeah. She's like, if I can get out of it, you can get out of it. And I'm like, did she though? but did you though
0: <laughs> you i experimented with it. being straight didn't work very well
1: yeah i really tried for a good 36 years and it didn't yeah. work
0: so i don't it was lots of data know collection
1: you. yeah lots lots of data collection
0: um oh shoot so many questions i want to say i want to say um 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 Oh, self-care. So what are some, you talked about, you know, uh, beard and showering and shot day. What are some other things that you like to do and that you do that you've incorporated into your life?
1: Um, so uh, moving for me has always caused me a lot of anxiety just because I moved around a lot as a kid. And a lot of it was not for my own choice. Um, so one of the things that I've discovered that helps me moving is because I have, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm a nerd. I have a lot of Legos. Uh, Legos. So when I'm moving, I will take them all apart, put them Mm -hmm. back in their boxes. And then when I get to my new place every week, I'll build a new set because it really kind of zends me down and kind of, you know, it's a really kind of, for me, it's, it's very meditative to do Legos. Um, So I'll do that when I move. But if I'm not moving, if it's just like here and I'm just hanging out and I'm doing self-care stuff, um, a lot of it is just like, just remembering to just take care of my body, right? Drink water. It's amazing how much better you feel when you just fucking drink some water. Remember to eat. That's a big yeah. one. Um, Cause I, I struggled a lot with my weight because when I would get bigger, I would get that very hourly hourglass kind of shape. I had big ass Latina hips, man, hips, <laughs> and thighs, thunder yeah. thighs. So getting, Losing that weight um, uh, was it helped in a lot of ways, but when I was losing weight before I transitioned, I still had a very womanly shape, so it it got even worse. So then I just ate a lot, and I figured if I'm just one big shape, you can't really see the shapes. Okay. So, <laughs> but I'm getting, you know, I'm I'm starting to work out more, and I'm starting to eat better, and just just focus on just, just taking care of myself. And a lot of people think, oh, self-care, you'd think, you know, facial or doing this or doing that. And yeah, like, that's nice. But for me, just, just putting lotion on my face, just, just drinking the amount of water that I need for to survive every day. That's, that's the self-care that I I hadn't been doing for myself. And that, and I know it seems small, but like, that was huge to me. Just, Mm -hmm. just doing those little things of, of just like, trimming up the beard getting a haircut um you know actually moisturizing <laughs> drinking enough water
2: eating
1: yeah. enough food um maybe going and get myself a little ice cream cone or something or getting some sushi on shot mm-hmm. day
2: no well, that's right? a good that's a good uh, yeah
1: just stuff like that um, cuz i love food so <laughs> yeah easy thing to do um <laughs> but uh remembering to take my medication you know just just that kind of stuff just 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 actively thinking about my body instead of constantly worried about what's around my body
2: and mm-hmm. forgetting
1: myself. Yeah. So, yeah. That's Cause hard. you get so focused about what's happening a- around me. How, how do I stay safe? I mean, how, how do I judge a situation? How do I go into this situation? Cause I travel a lot for work and I, sometimes I travel to States where it's not super friendly to trans people. Yeah. So my hands on a swivel a lot, going through airport security, super fucking stressful. Um, you know, especially in a place like Tennessee or Texas. You yeah. Know? Uh. So. Yeah, just taking the time to just focus on myself instead of all the madness happening around me, mm-hmm. and you know, just taking care of myself like that. That in of itself is is just. Is my self-care.
0: Yeah. I remember um, when I first started uh, that first part of my transition, um, because I'm a personal trainer. And so like, you know, lifting weights has always been a big um, important thing to me and that I I like to do. And so I remember once I was stepping into more of who I am, um, I'd been in the weight room for 20 years. And, but I was having these almost like Anxiety, not panic attacks, but just um, like my heart would race, and and I think what what I was realizing was like, did you ever see the movie Boys Don't Cry? Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Yeah, with Brandon uh, Brandon Tina. And so when I was nineteen, when that movie came out, I found myself in the theater, like watching it. Just I couldn't stop watching it, and I obviously we know what what happened to Brandon and and they never really said that he was a trans guy, but that was the language back then. Um, but I'm like, why, why can't I not stop watching this? And it was like going into the weight room and crying through my workouts because I was like, I know I'm doing something that's actually helping my body, but now my body on the inside is releasing all these messages that I've gotten about who I really am. And this feels terrifying And like you're saying, like those really basic things of just, okay, the reality, you know, checking, like I'm, I'm doing something that's helpful to my care. (laughs) And, um, but it's, it can be so hard just to muster up the courage to just even do those things sometimes.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cause you're, 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 you're fighting this in the back of your head of, at least for me anyway, of you know, and it's, I, I, it's that religious trauma always in the back of your head yeah. like what if it is real right
2: mm, yeah
1: <laughs> what if it and and you, and i know i mean i've done so much looking into you know the religion itself that for me looking into the historicity of it helps me diffuse that that voice in the back of my head because then i'm like no i i i know too much to think that 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 this interpretation of that is is what this is telling me right yeah and that and that kind of helps me diffuse it in my own brain um but you know you you you're always fighting that you know you're not worthy enough right you're because i mean your parents couldn't take the time to to do this stuff with you your parents couldn't take the time to to call you and check in on you. your parents couldn't take the time to visit you or anything like that and so you you get that kind of Narration going in the back of your head, where you know why take care of myself, Mm -hmm. you know, and especially when you're someone who is who always makes sure to be there for somebody else, right? Because that's what a prentified you know person does. Because it's 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 trauma response, right? You're you're always you know trying to be as present as possible for everybody and help everybody with anything that they can that they need help in. And the minute that someone isn't there for you for perfectly good reasons i'm sure um you know you start to fall apart you're like and all that stuff is then confirmed in your brain oh you're not great you're not worthy you know, people don't really like you you know all this stuff is in the back of your head constantly and so that act of self-care almost becomes an act of resistance right because mm-hmm. you're, you're you're fighting yeah. back against all of those thoughts and those feelings and that narrative that just keeps going in the back of your head and the things that you know you perceive in the world to be a confirmation of that but it's not at all right it's that confirmation bias right yeah so uh yeah so that that act of self-care is almost is like trying to claw yourself out of that pit just being like no brush your hair no brush your teeth <laughs> right? <laughs> drink some water just one little rung at a time just like, come on you can do it uh, come on come on honey as my grandpa would say come on honey come on <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, I yeah yeah
1: you know so it's it it is difficult and I there are weeks and there are some weeks where I'm just not doing great right yeah and you know I still fight with that but it's the good days are better and mm. the bad days aren't as bad mm. and that to me is more than enough um, of a reason to know that I did the right thing and that I'm on the right path. And that, you know, I, I just, I, I mean, I feel more like myself than I ever have. I mean, that in and of itself should be testament to it.
0: By yeah. Itself, so. Listeners, I, I wish you could, you could see um, Frank in real life. He, he's um, like magic in. <laughs> <laughs> you're extraordinary. I we're going to have a part 2. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
2: All right.
0: <laughs> um but um is there anything uh it's 111 so well here it is in Colorado. Um 111. Is there anything that you would like to leave the listeners with today?
1: Fight for for who you are. Like that, that is the most important battle of your life. Mm -hmm. Because once, once that is solidified, everything else just kind of follows, right? I mean, every decision is dictated by your perception of yourself, right? And, and I feel like once you've come into who you are, you know, don't let anyone tell you that any different, you know, don't let. And I know that it's, it's rough out there, you know, there's, there's, there's shit happening all around us and it's terrifying, but sometimes all you can do is just focus on fucking drinking some water. (laughs) Just, just take a shower. Yeah. Just one tiny step at a time. And I know that there are people out there that are in situations that are really unsafe. And the only thing I can tell you is, is wait till you're safe. You know, it's, um, I'm, I'm grateful that I didn't come out when I was in high school because Mm. I probably would have been one of those kids that went off to a camp. Yeah. You know? So yeah, I wish things would have happened earlier, but at the same time, it was kind of a blessing. It didn't, you know, And, and some things need to happen when they happen. And sometimes you, you need to wait and pause, and be with yourself, and collect yourself, kind of coil your legs, get ready for that spring, and then when you're ready, jump.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that image. That's so beautiful. All right, listeners, um, thank you for being here with Frank and I, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of I swear I'm real. I want y'all to reach out, so you can find us on Instagram, I swear I'm real. You can find us on YouTube, I swear I'm real. You can find me on TikTok at Coach Alex Vaughn, V A U G H A N, and you can also email me at alex at howtobequeer dot com. So. I want to hear your questions, your comments, your stories. And if you would like to be on the podcast or if you know someone who wants to be on the podcast, again, please reach out, Alex at I (laughs) how they produce podcast, Alex at howtobequeer.com. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. All right. Have a good one, y'all.